You're listening to the Yakima Chief Hops Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bigger Than Beer. I am your host, Levi Wyatt. Bigger Than Beer is a platform to discuss deeper topics of the hop and craft beer industry with a mission to create positive change, explore solutions, and highlight those who are actively making a difference. This season's focus is protecting our planet with the goal to promote, advocate, and educate on how we as a collective hop and beer community can conserve and protect our environment. Step up as sustainable leaders and create something bigger than beer. I'm very excited today to um, welcome into the studio a friend and a colleague at Yakima Chief, Rodrigo Plancarte. Rodrigo, thank you for being here. No, thank you, Levi. You nailed it on the on the last name. I know <laughs> you were worried about it. <laughs> we were we were sweating about that earlier. Yeah, yeah. we were butchering the, na- the name, <laughs> but you're fine. Perfect. Yeah, so I'm really thank you for for inviting me. I'm really excited to be be a part of the podcast. Oh yes, awesome. But our background kind of started at the same time, right? At, yeah. at Yakima Chief Hops. So we uh, we started three and a half plus years ago. Yeah, plus. Yeah, same uh, same day of the the train and the, all the introduction, all yeah. that. So I uh, I reference the new employee orientation um, booklet quite often and um, make sure that Rodrigo is on the same page. So I quiz him every now and then yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're happy to have you in town. This is uh, not a normal thing, but like uh, you get to get into town for selection process this last two weeks, and um, we took advantage of that opportunity to to have you in on. Uh, an episode here where we're going to be talking about environmental beer collaborations, but specifically a, a project that you've been very involved in, and um, it's been quite impactful. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But before we go into that, I just wanted to, how about kick it over to you and just tell us about your role and maybe how long you've been here at Yakima Chief Ops. Yeah, totally. So my role right now, I'm the regional sales manager for Mexico and Central America. However, I started before that as a quality intern with Yakima Chief Ranches. So that was back in 2018. I was uh, the summer intern for, for the quality program, particularly focused a lot more with, uh, with the Footprints program, but I did a lot of more stuff. So I worked a little bit with YCH, I worked a little bit with some breweries. So I did a, li- a little bit of everything, you know, like a like really a complete kind of pro- internship program. And then in January 2019, I started with YCH in sales. So I moved to a sales role. Like I think I think of it like uh, the same family, you know, like the Jack Machi family. So I just moved, moved to a different kind of a uh, of role. So I'm yeah. counting the harvest since 2018. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. And, and and correct me if I'm wrong. You do have a background in in conservation or in uh, your professional studies. I did studies. Yeah, con- yeah. conservation. So I studied biology in college. Correct. Yeah. And and then I did a beer sommelier diploma. So I have a little bit of background on uh, on the like the ag side as well as the as the beer side. So I got into this position or this interest in in the professional life. So mixing those both areas of my like passion, you know, like beer and and plants and biology and conservation as well. Awesome. Yeah, I love to hear that. I love getting to know people's background, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, um, I feel very lucky to be able to apply some of those learnings I had in school um, into a, a and be given a platform even on this conversation that we're having today, uh, talking bigger than beer, more than more than hops, right? This yep. is a deeper conversation um, that I find is, is important and we need to amplify uh, as much as we can. And 
and through projects such as uh, the one we're going to be talking about, which is Pachacella. Uh, yep. It's it's creating quite the splash in 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 our community and 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 hopefully in the world uh, moving down the line, right? Yeah, hopefully. Um, so I kind of teed up a little bit of what we're going to be talking about. So what is what is exactly this Pachacella project that I'm referring to? So Pachacella is a like, like a collaboration project between different uh, breweries, YCH of course, and another organization called uh, like LACA, you may like the it means the Latin American Conservation Chapter of this the Conservation Biology Society. It's like a worldwide organization. So the chapter in Latin America that's with, who we're working working with. And what we do is we switch around like in different uh, parts of the of Latin America. We did one last year in Central Mexico. One this year in more in the Pacific side in the Sea of Cortez. So in that area. And what we do is do a different kind of, uh, of beer, like more sessional beer, more drinkable beer. And the profits of that, or most of the profits of that, the proceeds, right? They go to a different kind of conservation organization. So we try to support conservation of animals, of species, of, uh, of ecosystems, of different resources. That's the, the focus of that. That's amazing. Um, and, you know, that's... That's something that uh, at Yakima Chief too, we're, we're always trying to inspire those around us. And, and, and for you, um, you're an extension of, of obviously our family here in Yakima, but our, our family is, is, is vast. And for us to yep. have impact down in Central America and who knows the next stop, right? But um, I love to see that and it makes me really happy. It makes me very proud uh, to be belonging to an organization that supports this, correct? Yeah. Um, and so how, uh, you know, you talked a little bit about Pachacella in a nutshell, like how did, how did this project kind of initiate or start? So I've always had a, had a passion for conservation. So back in college, I, uh, one, one semester I studied the conservation of, uh, of, well, how would you say, like, uh, handling like different kinds of fauna. So okay. that was part of, uh, one, one, one class I took that I was really passionate about. And then after, after college, I went to, uh, to do an internship as well in, in Costa Rica. So I spent like a month there, uh, just stuck in the jungle, working uh, in, with conservation of sea turtles, jaguars, and like studying biodiversity in general, particularly mm -hmm. with birds. That was the main focus of the, of the project, also jaguars. It was like a full-on uh, internship on conservation. So I've always been passionate about it. And I was also like trying to find a way to keep that passion like going and how from from my little corner in the world, how can I impact that that a wider wider interest for a lot of people? Oh, that's so amazing. Mm -hmm. um, I personally, after I graduated from from college as well, I uh, I took some hiatus from the real world. I didn't really want to get plugged in right away, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Prolong. So I did the five year track. If, if that wasn't enough time to try to figure it out, I decided to go down to South America. Uh, got plugged into an organization in, in Peru um, with the idea of conservation biology, um, looking at like plants as, like, such as orchids. Um, but it was it was a lot of fun. You know, I, uh, I always tell this story, but um, my first night that I arrived at uh, the Manu de Parque, like the, the park of, of, of Manu and, mm -hmm. in, in, in Peru, and uh, we got in late. It was a very long bus ride, right? And so <laughs> me and my... Uh, friend who had met 24 hours earlier we both flew in on the same <laughs> flight and we're just getting to know each other over this long long bus ride um we get into um the compound is kind of what i refer to it as but uh, uh the volunteer camp and it's super late and we crawl into our, our, our own uh our, our own beds and uh in the middle of the night I, I i hear something and 
my mesh net gets pulled up, right? And I'm like, what the heck? I just met this guy 24 hours ago. What is he, what is he trying to pull on me right now? You know? <laughs> so just like really my eyes are like wide open. Uh, I look over and it's a howler monkey and there's two resident howl- howler monkeys that um, for, for lack of a better word, they're domesticated. They've, they've come accustomed to the, the volunteers and they've uh, just experienced their, their time together. Oh. And so this howler monkey crawled into my sleeping bag with me, uh, that first <laughs> night. And I was, as a, as a boy, I've always wanted to have like a monkey as a pet. My mom, obviously that's not even going to be a, an option <laughs> okay. in, in, in uh, Washington state, but I was on cloud nine come to find out like this monkey, um, was not part of that, the two that were the domesticated type. So this monkey was a wild monkey that crawled into my <laughs> sleeping bag. And, uh, this is a bit of a tangent, but for me, there's passion there and, and yeah. I'm like so happy to see uh, again our, our company advocating on behalf of trying to get people out in front of meaningful causes you know and giving back in that way uh, and in and, and conservation biology as we all know uh, needs all the help it can get right yeah and, exactly and, and I think we like well when you think about it maybe like beer doesn't have anything to do with monkeys in, in Peru mm-hmm. or in Costa Rica or mm-hmm. whatever but the way I see it, at least, at least like um, someone from my, I think both of us see it this way. Everything is connected. Correct. And like the world, the, the world is like a one big uh, sentient being, if you may. Or everything is connected. Everything that happens anywhere impacts something across the world. So I think we can, if we can uh, protect some environments here and there and put a little grain of salt there or grain of, of sand, it'll make us better. Like... Uh, not not only in that place it will be make a bigger impact but worldwide will be better absolutely uh and we always talk about you know the next generation leaving this exactly. place in a better better position than it was before be right funny, yeah um and i think that's a great example of that um you know one of one of many initiatives of pachacella um you had a, a copious amount of of things that you wanted to accomplish with this project um but could you tell us the initiative um and i'm probably going to botch this name again but the uh, ajelote? Ajolote. Ajolote, yes. Ajolote, uh, or, yeah. or the Mexican tiger salamander. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that one's easier. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. I thought I was feeling pretty confident going into that. Um, yeah, if you want to like the, that, the, the next challenge is to say it in Nahuatl. So that's Ajolote. Ooh. <laughs> I have to take this one offline. <laughs> um, but yeah, what is what is the Mexican tiger sal- salamander? So the Mexican tiger salamander or Ajolote, uh, it's a really like tiny salamander. That is very typical of uh, of Central Mexico. It's uh, it's endemic of that of that area. Um, for the past years and decades, the the habitat of this salamander has been destroyed a lot. And there's like mul- multiple uh, variations or like subspecies of that. The one we focused on this time, well, last year, was in the the ajolote that that lives or has an endemic area in the state of Puebla. So there's a volcano, well, like a dormant volcano over there that's called a Malinche. Not that mountain. So there's a there's a, a subspecies of the salamander lives there. So we're very aiming to con- to conservation on that one. But in the general, uh, in the culture of Mexico, the ajolote it's also uh, called in like the nickname of that is the water monster or monstro de agua. So because like it's really weird with all the the fins over there uh, and the back of his head and everything. So a really interesting species that was very important for the whole culture uh, since the Aztecs. You know. And until now, there's the the habitat has been like very impacted for human um, human presence in Mexico City, in Puebla, in all those surrounding areas. There's even people that eat the salamander. Mm. Um, I don't know why, but there's <laughs> yeah. people that eat it. 
So we're trying to to work on that, and the organization we work with um, it has more impact even than the than just the Salamander. So it's an association of of Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts in in Puebla, and what they did was start to to create a sanctuary for the ajolote in that in that in that area in La Malinche. So they created that not only for the ajolote but also to teach kids and the on the and the population of the nearby towns how to interact with these species and create value on that for them. So for them to understand. What, it, what does it mean and what's the impact on it and why do you have to conserve it? Because I think that's a, a main issue, not, not only there, but in the world, that people are just like, don't care because they don't know any better. So yeah. if you teach them, if you show them what it means, then they're going to say, oh, okay, then that's what happens. That's what happens when I do this or that. Then they can improve their, their behavior. Absolutely. Like leaning into education, right? Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's a very non-biased approach. I think it's very genuine in, 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 in nature, right? So um, leading with that tends to be kind of what I have adopted as my train of thought when, when we look at various um, projects, initiatives internally. Um, and I, it sounds like it's no different uh, for the Pachacello project. Yep. Um, and it sounds like there's there's obviously environmental significance to keeping this species alive because um, mm-hmm. I know you just talked about how we're all connected and you know you you take out one species catastrophic it, things can happen afterwards yeah. right um, but there's also that cultural significance which I think it just I find it very fascinating and as we continue to learn um, more about the cultural significance of, of just let alone Yakima Valley I, I think I'm more drawn in in, in um, interested in that component of, of, of life and, and just things in general. So I appreciate you, you bringing that up. Um, you know, we're, we're a hop company, you know, we're, we're, uh, we sell hops to brewers. And so drawing the, the, the line from conservation to the, the brewing process, how were you able to do that? And, um, what kind of breweries did you get involved uh, to back this project? So what, uh, what I did to back the, like this project in particular, or, the, or every every edition of Pachachela, is to connect breweries that are located in that area. So last year we worked with a brewery called Cerveceria Cholula. That's that's like forty minutes from the the sanctuary of the Jolote, and another couple breweries from Mexico City called Morenos and Cypress. So we worked with those three, as well as our distributor in Mexico called Birmex. So they supported donating the malt for that project as well. Um, so to create a connection, like a, the proximity of it, I think it it get, it gives a little bit more impact uh, or more understanding. So, for example, if I would were to say someone from Yakima, hey, let's support the ajolote down in in Puebla, in Mexico, what the hell is that, right? Yeah. So they may be inclined to do it, but they don't have like a that connection right. to that species. So if we create it around around people that surrounding the area, it can just like expand and create a snowball effect. So that was the the intention of that. That train of thought. So, yeah, you're you're utilizing that ecosystem, right? Exactly. Yeah, ecosystem of breweries versus ecosystem of of, of plants and, yeah. and animals too. Yeah. Um, you know what was uh, you know in the initiative of of, of going down this road, um, what was a charitable organization YCH and these participating breweries um, partnered with, and and what was their mission? So with with that one, the the one we supported was Villatl that group of Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts that, you know, that created the Sanctuary of the Arjolote. So the Sanctuary was just barely starting. So they were starting to build different, like um, the, the, or the, the building for the fish tanks and to create like maybe like a, like the kindergarten for the, for the, uh, the Arjolotes and mm-hmm. then release them to the wild back in the, in the mountain. 
So that was the that was the mission for them. And, and as I said, like the education portion as well. And the other part, uh, the LACA, that chapter of conservation biology, um, the, the, I think their, their mission is to, to create more, more, more awareness around the, the different species, but also do a lot of research. So they're very well connected in different universities. And my main contact over there is called Alejandro Arias, and he's based uh, in Puebla. He's actually a, a teacher down in the uh, UTLAB. That's an university in Puebla, one of the biggest ones. So that was, he was my main contact, or still my main contact down in, in LACA. Oh, very awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, the research component is like, is needed, right? Yeah, So exactly. in order to, to sustain and maintain uh, populations, you need to get smart people involved. Uh, yeah, they do. And for example, like, uh, well, we can talk a little bit more about it in like the next next section, but the, the, the next uh, project we supported this year has a lot of... Um, a lot of projects going on in, in the Sea of Cortez, mm -hmm. but with that information, they, they have some research and, and published papers and all that. So that's another part that we want to support with Pachachela. So create more research, right? So that education, that awareness, and just spread the word. Yeah. No, I mean, it's no different from our industry too, right? I mean, we want to grow the best hops yeah. for our brewers. And, and, and one way to do that is really dive deep into the weeds and, and, and identify and, and understand hops on another level yeah. um, so we can create yeah, new, totally. new varieties right um so in your opinion um why was supporting uh the mexican tiger salamander like and the, and its habitats so important um in latin america culture and and, and the environment why for you why, why is that mm, so important for me so i was born in mexico city and grew up in the in like the metropolitan area not mexico city proper but I grew up around there in a little town. Well, it's, it's been bigger right now, but it's a Cotitlan Iscali, that's what it's called. So I grew up there. Uh, so I've always been influenced in that, that culture of central, central Mexico, you know? So the, the Aztecs and the different cultures around it. So the, the ajolote was something that, since we were kids, it's like, well, the ajolote from, it's endemic species for, from Mexico City and the surrounding areas. So it's important and it's uh, in a particularly a dangerous state of uh, conservation state of that, that species. So that's always been in, in our minds in the, in the people that live there. So that kind of like touched, touched a little bit of the, the heart, you know, like that passion of conservation that I had. And then also because a little, uh, logistically it was a little bit easier. So I was back then I was living there in Mexico City and I, and I have a, a good relationship with those breweries. So we're talking between ourselves. We're like, well, what is our interest? Like, well, you know, the ajolote could be good. And then with the... Uh, we are partners with LACA. Um, Alejandro mentioned, well, we can do a, we can release some, uh, invite some people to to apply for this, like not not the scholarship, but for this donation and work mm -hmm. with us. And the, the project that caught our attention was exactly that, the the ones from those guys from Villatle that support the the sanctuary with the holote. Wow. So like everything like matched perfectly for that one for the, because it was also the first one we did. So Central Mexico made made sense. Absolutely. And I, I just want to take a step back. And I mean, if we can cue the applause, because the, the work that you did on your end um, was so significant. And, I, and, and <laughs> you know, it, it turned out to be such a beautiful um, project inside and out. And um, yeah, I just, again, honored to, to have this conversation and share this space with you today. But uh, um, I'm always excited to, to, to always catch up with you. So thank you. Levi. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we talked about, you know, the, the local localness of, of, of the impact, right? And so how has uh, 
this collaboration helped not only communicate and ad- educate um, and bring awareness, but how has it brought impact and to the community? Because I know you said there was some dollars that were floating around to 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 help provide funding and. So how so it was a, a the way I see it, it was like the perfect like kickstart for this this organization because as I said like the sanctuary of the holiday was just barely starting when, when we get in touch with them so it was a good kickstart for them to continue building that place so right now I haven't been there for for a few months I'll have to visit them again um, but it, the, the project looks looks great so they have the where the fish tanks are the building they, they have already they were setting up a lab they're they're setting up also like a Another like um, I say like a pond over there for the ajolotes. So like every every step in there to keep them like start releasing them little by little into the wall. So they're building those places. But I know they have like a bigger project in mind. Yeah, you got to start small, right? Yeah, you know, and and you know, timing is everything. Like you just said, um, mm-hmm. the synergies and in, in creating not only um, awareness for this project, but just having funding come in and kind of fuel those, those needs yeah. is really important. Um, and even here at Yakima Chief, you know, we, we allow employees dollars, there's dollars on the table that we get to utilize um, to non nonprofits that we choose to, to mm-hmm. uh, participate in, which is something I'm very appreciative of. Um, and also volunteer hours, right? So it sounds like you've you've definitely capped out your volunteerism hours for the year. <laughs> um, so we'll work on trying to up the ante yeah. next year, right? Um, yeah, and, totally. And speaking of the future, right? We're looking into the future. You know, that was a great start. Um, so tell me about this year's Pachachela project. So this, this Pachachela is actually, right now, if you're down in Mexico, in the north northwest portion of it, or maybe in Mexico City as well, you can find it. Uh, the Pachachela of 2022 is right now selling, so go, go get it. it. Yeah. <laughs> go get it. We did a, a session IPA uh, with Cerveceria Bukivici in, in Sonora, in particularly, specifically in Hermosillo. But we also um, involved a couple breweries from Sinaloa, one called Tres Islas and one, one called Matachin. Then Birmex again uh, supported us with the malt, so they, they donated that. And we created that beer to support uh, the rescue of sea lions. That's actually the name of the organization, Rescue of Sea Lions. And, well, the name says it all. That's what they do. <laughs> they rescue sea lions in the Sea of Cortez from fishing nets and fishing hooks and all of that that create like, very very impactful uh, wounds to the to the sea lions. And that, they can hurt them the whole, all their life. And they can, that can stop the uh, reproduction of the species and impact the whole population. So they do like different campaigns in different parts of the of the Fior Cortez. They're actually right now this this week they're in in Puerto Peñasco doing the first campaign of the year. So cool. they're doing that right now, and that's what they do. They go to the different different little isles in the in the sea and start like uh, monitoring everyone. Uh, well, every sea lion, uh, tag them as well because there's there's all, they're also doing some research on it. Not just just saving them and that, but they, they sometimes just like um, well catch them, uh, take out the fishing net, the fishing hooks or whatever is hurting them, tag them, and then they can, they can um, follow or track them around the sea of Cortez, around like where they move and the status of that population. Oh, very cool. Yeah, almost uh, looking at their migratory habits yeah. and, and, and how they're, they're feeding and where they're feeding. Exactly. Um, that's amazing. Uh, you know, for some, for some more background, we have a, a brew good hour that we host as a, as a company. Um, each month we invite a nonprofit uh, that we've worked with in the past or, or maybe we want to work with more in the future. 
and I believe it's two months ago now, uh, we invited um, the the Sea Lion Rescue organization to come in and phone in uh, virtually, and it was quite compelling, right? So yeah. we uh, invited, it's open to everybody at YCH, um, again, trying to spur some more involvement with people in their give back hours and, and dollars to donate. Um, and I am quite sure there was a lot of people, if not on the verge of tears, um, or going to be crying or at yeah. some point uh, <laughs> seeing some of the things that happened to the sea lion. So it, it, for us, it, I mean, putting a you know a face to a name or like just getting connected and hearing people's stories is so important, right? Um, and, and, and this one is no different, um, especially they're just so dang cute, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I are. think that's, <laughs> that, that's primarily where all the tears came from. I can't believe these things are happening to these cute creatures. And um, there's a lot more work to be done, right? Yeah, uh, there's a lot more to be done. Like the, the population has been uh, growing healthier, I think, from what, what they told us over there. But there's still a lot going on. There's a lot of fish, fisheries working their asses off, like even illegally in uh, in the Sea of Cortez. So there's a lot going on. And they, there's a lot that they can do. And I think we can support them. Absolutely. Um, you know, I just, I just watched a, a documentary myself and continuing just to educate myself, right? For me, environmentalism is a passion. Um, just like learning and hearing about, you know, you, you take one species out of the mix and it, it, it causes this cascading effect. Yeah, it all goes on. <laughs> it does, yeah. You know, and even to the livelihoods of, of people who rely on the ocean to um, to create income, whether that be as a, yeah. a fisherman or, or something else like that. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just so happy. And it's so cool to see this thing just take off the way it has, you know. Um, at this point, you know, we're sitting here in Yakima and, and it's just nice to know, uh, that we have connection, a genuine connection to these organizations worldwide. Um, yeah. and again, that's through the work that you've been doing. Um, you know, um, and so I will say this, you know, I, I, you were a leader in making this collaboration, uh, which is actually the very definition of the focus of this entire series of the podcast of protecting our planet. Right. So you are living that Rodrigo. Yeah. I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, but what inspired you, uh, to center these collaborations on protecting and supporting natural wildlife in, in Latin America and in, in, in specifically in that region? So as I mentioned, like when I was in college, I was looking, taking these classes and I was seeing that like the, the conservation work in Costa Rica, and that's always like been uh, a passion of mine, and that's something that I've always been keen on to to do a little bit more, you know. But since I started working in beer, like don't get me wrong, I love beer and I love hops, and I'll will continue to do this the rest of my life if possible. But also that that part of myself is like, well, you can do more. You can do more on the on the conservation. You can do more for animals or the planet, and that's always like something I I love. I love animals, so it's. I can always do more. So I said like myself, hey, well, you're right here. You're in a perfect position to get people together and create awareness at least. And if possible, like uh, move some funds to those organizations. So that was like uh, what like kindled uh, my fire to do that. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm smiling ear to ear. I'm actually wearing the Pachachella yeah. <laughs> uh, T-shirt if, if, for those of you that are listening. Um, the whole sp- story is just really inspiring and um like you said continuing this to ignite this flame into the future is is is, is the whole goal of this project and um you have ych's support 110 yep. percent going forward and 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 hopefully those of you listening um there might be something in 
uh, in the future for you to like potentially uh, get get involved in and and, and you know we consider ourselves uh, uh, resources if you will. So yep, totally. And on that on that uh, on that note, uh, if you if any of the people listening are interested in maybe the Jolote or the Sea Lions. Uh, we have published the, the recipe of the beer, the artwork of the can as well, and everything, and have all the resources available for you to make that beer and uh, send your donations to the organization you in your heart field that is where, where it belongs. So uh, we welcome any any volunteers that want to want to join the project. Awesome. Well, can you can you tell us a little bit more about like the the beer recipe in general? Like what? Uh, um... So for the the first one, we did a it was like um. All, all, we started like as a hazy, hazy IPA. I said like, well, we want something more drinkable, mm-hmm. more to like, for one, to sell it fast so we can get the donation faster and send it to the organization. So we went from the hazy IPA to a juicy pale oil. So we went to that one and we use a Sabro and HBC 472 that get a really good, really good mix of, of flavors. So for some people, Sabro is a really impactful hub. So it's like a, like a piña colada bomb. Yeah. But with 472, I found that it creates a really mellow transition of flavor. So it is a piña colada, of course, but then you get a little bit of vanilla, coconut, and oak kind of flavors and aromas. So it's a really good transition. And as the beer evolved, it was like really, really sweet. <laughs> nice. Very smooth yeah. aftertaste. And, yeah. Really smooth. Yeah. Really, really smooth. And the second one, the one for this year, we did a more like West Coasty kind of session IPA. And that was with the HBC 630, a little bit of cryopop, and Simcoe, if I remember correctly. So those three hops. So as you can you can tell, it was a little bit more piney, resiny, and with a little bit of um, like candy-like aroma from the from the experimental variety. Oh, very awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, For those of you in the area, I, I really hope that you can go out there and, and, and sample that beer. Um, you know, and, and you talked about, you know, the importance of, of you know, having more people get involved, right? And you, you offer that opportunity. So I mm-hmm. hope people do take advantage of that. Um, but I, I ask you, why do you believe it is so important for the craft community uh, to be involved in conservation? As I said, I think every, everything is connected. So if we have a safe planet or like a healthy planet, we can continue to grow things on it. So where does beer come from for the field? So we can continue to grow uh, hops, we can continue to grow uh, barley to make malt and we continue to continue to be in beautiful places to have breweries on and just to enjoy the the, the world we have so I, I want it to be better because I know like the people in, in the in the industry have seen like malt, malt prices are rising hops, hops prices are rising as well and not only because of inflation and other like more human related issues but also because the condition we live in the planet on so there's like a lot of going on with climate change that impacts the the crops we grow. So as I said, like everything is connected. If we have a healthy planet, we can continue to have healthy crops and on a sustainable way, of course. Absolutely. That was a very well put. No, I, mm. I agree. Um, I always I always look at, you know, photos from from back when my parents were, you know, toting us around on the backs uh, and going to national parks and even just outside of national parks, just parks in general and getting outside. Um, that is something that is instilled in me, um, to ensure that I can, one, can, can respect these beautiful places and ensure that they're going to be around for a long time. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so like it's, it's, it's efforts like this that people can get behind, um, to ensure that that progress isn't stopped. It's continued for years and years ahead. Um, and that really just kind of fits into, 
you know, this whole entire podcast series of just yeah. uh, being environmentally sustainable and, and protecting our planet, right? So um, I'm going to go a little ad hoc and ask you okay. a question, okay? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so how about, so speaking to those breweries that may or may not have started this as an opportunity for their own brewery uh, to get connected with community uh, nonprofits or just share the share the their passion for environmentalism how would you give uh some advice or some words of encouragement for people to to start this journey for them to like join some or support one of our organizations i think as a when i say like everything is connected not only speaking like in the environment the species but also in a, in a community kind of way so if we support each other the, uh, we can create a better better network between us like people and as well, and, and the work we we have, so I think that will help us to be become better better people as well and have a better planet. Absolutely, um, I, I think that you hit that r- yeah. right on the head. There's a there's one brewery uh, not right now. I live in Querétaro, and there's a, there's a brewery uh, I really like going. That's called Cuatro Palos, and their slogan is "Good people, good beer." Yeah. So I, I think that really like hits in the is right in the spot. Absolutely. Just short, concise, but yeah. it, it speaks volume to what they're trying exactly. to accomplish. Right. Um, yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's conversations like these that I hope can, and can, can continue, you know? Um, and so I, I really don't have any other questions for you other than just showing great appreciation for you taking the time to, to, to come yeah, here and, love it. um, and share your experiences and, we're, we're excited to, to touch base with you in, in a few more months to see how things have progressed yeah, totally. um, and, and see how uh, the the sea lion organization has earned um, some funds to, 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 to lead them forward into the future. Right. So yeah, to continue those campaigns and keep rescuing those, those little creatures. Yeah. Yeah. I should ask you, I guess one more question. How do these, yeah. how do these ideas come to mind? Like it was initially uh, uh, the Mexican tiger salamander, Sia Cortez, or is this uh, Rodrigo laying in bed just dreaming about <laughs> animals because you have such an affinity for animals? Or? So a little bit of everything. Yeah. So I was thinking, like, try to find like species that that I'm passionate about and try to find the organization. And as I said, like, uh, I I asked Alejandro from LACA a lot of questions of, about like who do you think would be a good partner to work with, and he connects me to the right people. Um, but also there's like like stuff that I want to do. For example, I want to do something in the Sea of Cortez with the sea lions. Uh, probably next. Next year, I'd like to do something with the with the, the Mexican Caribbean or something around that area. Maybe something as well in the in the in the Gulf of Mexico. There's a lot of impact about the with the um, oil companies around there. So I know there's a lot of work to do in that area. Uh, there's also like in the like in a, the bigger scale, I would love to do because the species that got me passionate about it was jaguars about conservation. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you look at it, uh, at the distribution map of the jaguars, the 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 previous one, the original one, it extended all the way from Argentina to to Texas and Louisiana and that areas in the states. But now it's really scattered. So the only continuous population is maybe from uh, from Costa Rica or Central America to I don't know North Argentina, South Brazil. And now there's not just like scattered populations in Mexico and in the states. You you cannot find them anymore. Maybe there's I think there was a sighting of one like two years ago. Yeah, and that's it. So that really like touched my heart and I was like, well. It has to be something we can do to recreate that distribution, but we'll see if there's like an organization of if someone listening is trying to work in something like that, please get in touch and we'll work something out. Awesome. Yeah, no, it's uh 
that that scattered population how it's been checkerboarded now right yeah um very human caused right and you touched exactly. on climate change um and 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 climate change is a very real issue that uh sometimes isn't very fun to talk about as it can be kind of um saddening and kind of make you feel angry a little bit right yeah. um but it's hopefully taking the initiative instead of sitting in the back seat and identifying ways that we can you know do right by what was done wrong in the past you know and so it, maybe it was human caused initially but maybe that's the the fire that needs to be ignited in us mm-hmm. um to make sure that we 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 do right by what was done in the past yeah. right so yeah i totally agree well, again, Rodrigo, I appreciate you. Can I give you a cheers here? Yeah, of course. Um, Salud, mi amigo. Salud. That is a wrap for today's episode. Uh, episode three of Bigger Than Beer. We are so excited to have Rodrigo again here. Uh, we caught him just in time before he's yeah. heading back to, to, to home tomorrow. Is that correct? Uh, I'll be in on Sunday, but okay. tomorrow is the last day in the office. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Go enjoy your long weekend, man. Yeah. man. Um, well, again, thank you so much. Today was a very important topic not only to us, but I think to others. And hopefully for those of you that are interested in looking into a, an opportunity or a campaign to get involved with your local community and, and those nonprofit partners that have a focus on environmentalism or um, plants and animals, please, uh, you know, I, I, I encourage you to do so. But with that, I just wanted to say thank you again and uh, cheers. And I leave you with this together. Let's create something bigger than beer. Yeah. Cheers to that. Cheers. Cheers.